You don't let me take the mic. All right, let's go. STC Pod 167. Welcome, guys and gals. How do? Episode two of the new year. Well, we can probably stop saying that, right? Here we are. Uh, Joe insisted on a morning record again. We're back in the morning. It's uh, Tuesday, so a little early in the week. 7.30 in the morning. I just treated you to a coffee. Well, not really. You. This is a payback system. I don't keep track. I guess you do, apparently. Really? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I've been buying all the coffee when we're on nights, and you mostly pick it up when we return to days. You mean every day I pick it up? No. I remember you missing one or two nights the last stretch. Well. Nope, no excuses. Yes or no? There was weather issues. And I don't drive every day when we're on nights. Irrelevant. I can't, uh, I'm not in control of the situation. (laughs) However, I do bring you a premium coffee compared to this formerly great coffee that you bring, this Tim Hortons. Are you debunking Tim Hortons? Yeah, we've talked about it before. Mm. I've got a, I got a headache, so I hope this clears it up, man. I was uh, sleep deprived last night. I've been having these weird, well, yesterday you were a crotchety bitch. No, I was a great time. Because you had no sleep. I was a great time. I was party Joe. You were, it was, I thought you were on cocaine yesterday, actually. Yes, there's a few rare times where I'm actually pumped up to a level 10. And yesterday was certainly one of those days. You did not check out once yesterday. Almost at the end. Almost near the end of the shift, but uh, you were, that was crazy. That's good cocaine. I wish you brought some today. I don't today. check out. I told you I have many strokes. Hmm. Medical thing. Anyway, yesterday was uh, would have been a better day for a record, but unfortunately we didn't plan it that way, so we'll take with whatever we get today. <laughs> what? Yeah, did that make sense? <laughs> See, I just had a stroke right there. What were these dreams you were having last night? Dude, weird dreams. I don't know if I can play video games anymore before I go to bed. Yeah, that... Well, first off, okay, uh, yesterday was a shit show because uh, we had a snowfall the previous night throughout the day that we were working. So when I got home, I had to... Well, first, I got that day up at 5, shoveled, came to work, got back home, uh, around seven o'clock, I had to shovel the driveway. Get, uh, first, I went inside, put the kids to bed, which took a whole half hour of production. You put the kids to bed at seven. At seven, yeah. Seven. Well, we bed. start. We get them ready at seven, so eventually they're in bed by about seven fifteen, seven twenty. Banished to bed at seven. Yes, which is a normal time on a school night. Hmm. Then I. Went outside, shoveled the wet snow. Don't know how long that took. Then I went inside. Well, you have two snow blowers, so I don't understand. Because the bed, kids' bedrooms are in the front of the house, so I'm not snow blowering when they're sleeping. Well, I guarantee you, they ain't sleeping at seven. And well, by then it was past seven. It was seven thirty. And two, it's a good workout if you use your arms. Because I knew I wasn't going to the gym that night. (laughs) You have two snow blowers though. That's the thing. So what? And you, with your massive stately walls and super thick windows, the kids would never hear you snow mean, blowers. You mean exactly the opposite. Uh, so then I went inside, got to cook my own dinner, which was consisted of uh, cream of mushroom soup. Mm. So I fired that into me, and then I peeled uh, pomegranate and ate all of that. <laughs> as I sat on the couch beside my wife as she was watching her uh, Young and the Restless. Yeah. Then she went to bed. Well, I was reading my Lord of the Rings still and oh, eating my pomegranate. Do you remember when you brought a pomegranate? Sorry to get you off track. You brought a pomegranate to work. <laughs> you were on a streak of bringing pomegranates to work for a snack. And uh, as you say, you peeled it Yep. You know, at your desk. Well, you, you open it up and take all the seeds out. Because that's the part you eat. And then... Um, but you do get a bit of... Joe uh, being Joe. You get a bit of spray, obviously, because it's a juicy uh, fruit. And then when you were relieved by your next guy uh, and you went home, 
The next guy turns to me and says, <laughs> and asks what you were doing, because there was blood all over the keyboard and monitors, and... Uh, and what was your explanation? Oh, no, I, no Joe had a fruit, I guess. <laughs> Joe being Joe. I didn't see any spray, otherwise I would have wiped it up. I mm. love pomegranates. Like, the holiday season, I'll buy, like, I don't know, five or six a week. Yeah, too much work. A lot of work. It's so worth it, though, because you peel it all into a bowl, and then you use a spoon to shovel it into your mouth as you're relaxing. Yeah, but there's a lot of, like... Uh, and it just explodes all over your mouth. There's a lot of pulp or like hull involved. Once you chew it, you know, no, it's just the inner, it's the, inter, it's yeah. the inner little mm. mini seed thing. Yeah, I don't like it. You should see the face. Can I take a picture of this face <laughs> you're making right now? So anyway, did the pomegranate. My wife finished her young and restless. Went upstairs. By now it's like nine o'clock at night. And well, first off, I was there. When I came home and we came inside, I noticed that there was dishes on the counter and no leftover food for dinner for me. Wow. So I started stewing right away. I kept quiet, put the kids to bed, and then when I was out shoveling, I stewed that entire time thinking this perfect conversation I was going to have with my wife, saying, you know, if there's no food, I'd appreciate a phone call so that I can at least stop and pick something up on the way in, right? I don't want to be eating shit or making dinner by the time I get home after a long day at work, right? It's all figured out. I was stewing. I, was, I had to take my hat and almost my jacket off. I had to unzip my jacket when I was shoveling because I was getting all worked up. Got inside. She had already started doing the dishes, so I couldn't use that argument. Then I opened the fridge, and there's like this little minuscule Tupperware bowl saying, oh, we had a little little small dinner tonight and this is what we had. It's like they're on a uh, health kick or something right now to lose some weight. So it's all this portion-regulated nonsense. Mm. So that's what was left for me. So I couldn't, my whole argument that I was building up outside and stewing on was off or not. Foot didn't come down. No. Uh, I will call tonight, though, saying, is there any leftovers? Just to check, otherwise I will stop and get something. This is kind of what I'm used to seeing like here at work though. What's you know, that? you talk the huge game about how you're gonna raise up this subject matter and you're gonna get things fixed mm. and you're gonna change the world. And then when uh, the, like a manager comes in, he's becomes kitty cat. Kitty cat, kitty cat Joe. Yeah, but what I say to you, I can't normally say to other people. Mm, you talk a big game. Like I just gone. told you, I can't say it. what I say isn't, I know how to control myself and what's proper and what's not proper to say to certain individuals in a workplace. It's called professionalism. No, you could still bring up certain things. Mm. You're free to do. And your other thing is to throw me under the bus if you're not, you know, right. that's your other thing. I'm the only guy no. You go, oh, yo, uh... Bill uh, mentioned this happened yesterday, uh, and then you'll. Yeah, go because that if I don't say your so name, so I'll be under the bus. <laughs> no, because if I don't bring you in the conversation, you're like, hmm, "Thanks for taking all the credit for that." <laughs> oh yeah. So it's like I can't win if, if I don't bring you up. Uh, I get accused of taking the credit, and then if I bring you up, I run you over the bus. Uh, okay, so the whole conversation was leading up to this point. She went to bed. I go, all right, you and I had this conversation because I watched, I threw up the Cartridge Club's uh, uh, charity drive video game playing thing on Twitch. And I, ha I haven't watched all the videos yet. So I threw Musty up. And the first game he was, him, stroke. Mm -hmm. The first game he was playing was Crimson Skies uh, High Road to Revenge. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. So I was going on. I started asking, is this game any good? Because I know I have it, but I've played, uh, I think the first flying games I've played for any Xbox was uh, Ace Combat ones. Ace Combat and some other super cheesy post-war apocalyptic uh, jet fighter game. I don't remember what it's called 
on the 360. And I wasn't really pleased with any of those. So after she went to bed, you said I should play this game. I threw it in. Well, first off, at work I'd said I was a better fighter pilot than both you and Musty. Yeah, which is balls. I was not impressed with Musty's flying skills. And then you were going on how you're a flight simulator guy back in the day. And I said, I was a flight simulator guy back in the day. Of course. And I could probably take you on in any sort of flying game. Hmm. So I thought I'd see what this Crimson Skies was all about. No, I was super angry because I have told you about this game for the last 10 years when you started buying Xbox stuff. I'm like, your first purchase for an original Xbox should be Crimson Skies. There's a billion copies of it. You can get it for $5. Well, it's if it's so good, though, fun. why is there so many copies of it? Because it was a Microsoft title, so they wanted to push it. And it was a pack-in at one point. Mm, okay, fair enough. Anyway, I played about... I played from about 9.15 or so until, geez, 10.30. So I don't know how many missions I flew. It's kind of interesting. For those of you not familiar with it, Everyone's um, familiar with it. No, because not everybody plays Xbox. Continue. Right? I didn't start playing Xbox until a couple of years ago. That's just you. No, because I'm a loyal guy. I'm a PlayStation Nintendo guy. More so PlayStation. But it's a post, again, another post-apocalyptic war where civilization has sort of taken on the, uh, the means of travel being predominantly uh, through flight. So you're like traveling in Zeppelins uh, I, as like your main sort of travel base. It's not really post-apocalyptic. Well, there's it? a war. I'm not it's, saying nuclear it's war, like, but... It's like a alternate timeline in a pulpy alternate future. It's... Uh, shit, what's that? Uh, Captain Skyhawk? In the skies of tomorrow, what's it called? <laughs> yeah, you're almost there. Cap S Sky, not Captain. Nope, Captain Tomorrow? No. Nope. <laughs> Fucking, where's my phone? Captain Sky? Dude, what is it, man? Get my phone. You don't need your phone. Get Siri. Everyone knows what you're talking about. Well, what is it now? It's bothering uh, me. Yeah, because you don't know. Sky Trooper of... Uh, Captain, can you get Siri, please? And what are you going to ask Siri? I'll get the right answer from Siri. Yeah, right. You don't even know what to ask. Siri, what's the name of that movie, Captain Skyhawk in the World of Tomorrow? Okay, I found this on the web for what's the name of the movie, Captain Skyhawk in the World of Tomorrow. No, see, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Well, it could have been resolved two minutes ago if you just told me the answer. I think you said that. No, because I forgot what I just called it now. Captain what? Skyhawk? Yeah. Moving Whatever. on. Anyway. Moving on. I'm tired. Let it go. So it's that sort of thing where it's, uh, I don't know, I found it kind of interesting. It's a different play on things where as opposed to you doing your battle on the ground, you're doing your battle strictly either on air or in your fighter plane or on the Zeppelin manning the turrets or in a boat manning a turret or on a, like an island manning a turret kind of thing. There's no walking around kind of exploring. Oh, that's right. You can jump in a turret if you fly by it. I forgot about that. But there is all kinds of exploring, like just by flying around and finding yeah, stuff. Yeah, by flying, stunts. yeah. There's, you're traveling through different portions of the United States, I guess. I'm not that far into it, but yeah, you'll travel to like this one little community that's like in a box canyon and to upgrade your ship. Uh, you have to do a little bit of exploring where you're flying through like old construction sites or like old or tight canyons and you'll find these little pickup bonuses that adds to your coins or special upgrade tokens where you can upgrade weapons for your ship or buy new ships. It's kind of interesting. Um, I'm playing it on the OG Xbox, whereas Musty, I believe, was playing it on the uh, the new Xbox. Yeah, that was one of as the... A down, as a 
backwards compatible. Yeah. But he said it was interesting. You put the original disc in, but the system downloads it from Xbox Live or whatever it's called. Yeah. And only uses the disc as sort of like a, uh, a key guide to make sure that you actually purchased it. Right. Proof of purchase. But I'd be curious to see what the graphics are like side by side. Because I couldn't really tell through the uh, Twitch feed how good they were. Wow, it must be great. But as I said yesterday, isn't it just the perfect compromise between arcade and simulator controls? It's not if bad. If you're a flight guy. It's not bad. The no, the Xbox controller is still it's janky to play with. But How is the Xbox controller janky? That makes no for sense. For this game, it's janky because when you want to do like a... Um, you're flying straight and you want to do a, a pull-up maneuver and then turn to start going back in the opposite direction to avoid enemy contact, you have to use both of the analogs. But the right analog, you have to press down to click it and pull both of them back at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there should have been a bit easier feature for that. Yeah, but you could still do that in flight rather than do that trick maneuver if you wanted to. Right. Well, you're doing it in flight to as aerial avoidance for attack. Aerial from avoidance? Yeah. No, I told but you I'm you better at flight simulators. <laughs> I know all the terminology. No, you doing that maneuver, the click thing, the computer automates this U turn you do. Whereas I'm saying but you, you, you could just fly it yourself, it wouldn't be as tight. Yeah. But I'm saying to do the click move, it's awkward because you got to click down and then pull both back. Or click and pull left or right to do a different sort of aerial move. Yeah. Whereas it, well, how would that be any different on a PS3 controller? Or a PS2 controller? I just don't like that option of having to click and then pull two things back. It just seems sort of awkward. Should have left it to me to design these controllers. Uh, I, I love the controls in it. And they, they stripped away all the stuff you you were starting to get with the flight games. You know, all the missiles and guidance systems and all that. It's just mano and mano. Guns and planes. Well, you got two kinds of guns. Well, there's some rockets in there. But it's you all got, just uh, you it's got all primary, straight. No, primary and secondary yeah. where it's, at least so far anyway, your main weapon is machine gun. So when you go dogfight your buddy, it's just, man. And then your second weapon is a missile attack. It's not like a tracking missile. It's more of a straight. Yeah. And then if it's relatively close to the enemy, it'll it'll tag him, but it's not going to trace him. Anyway, I found it interesting. So I know there's probably tons of people. If I haven't played it, I know there's tons of people out there that haven't played it either. Well, if we were to ever do a... I'd fucking school you. ...twitch stream together, we should... uh, face off on that and see how quickly you'll be swimming with a downed airplane. Dude, you couldn't handle me. I couldn't handle you. And uh, they simplified the throttles too, which I like. There's just speed up. and No, there's no speed up. Well, that little boost thing. Well, yeah. And then there's a brake. There's I like a the, boost and a brake. I like the brake option because it really slows you down, but not to the point where you stall. Like you could be in break, right, it's break like, the entire time in battle and just gives you tighter turns. Yeah, and that's what I mean. It's arcadey, yet, you know, it's not like driving a car in the sky. They didn't dumb it down that much. They still brought in some, some yeah. realistic controls. So I'm actually enjoying it, and I'm probably going to chug on through it. Did you ever play that other one I talked to you in the beginning that, uh, for the 360, I think it was? Remember that? It was like ill... Il Stormavec 2. Yes, I have that. That's one I did try. I think that's the first one I tried, but I never got too far into it, and I don't remember what the actual gameplay was like. I only had a demo, so I couldn't try it very much, but I remember putting it in, and I was playing, like, full simulation in, like, a Spitfire or something, and it was was the real deal because I... Tried to do like a rudder turn and just immediately went into a flat spin and died. <laughs> like it was oh, as finicky right. as a, those real planes it were. Was, that's a that's a World War fighter game. That's yeah. right. Now I remember it. So you could you could ratchet, you know, the simulation way high on that. 
for it to be excellent. Behave exactly like uh, as finicky as those old planes were. Or you could have it arcadey. I, I don't think I ever got the full. Mm. That one that you, that's the one that I purchased when you, Kevin, and myself went out thrifting our one and only time up in Barrie. In Newmarket? Barrie? Newmarket? Where'd we go? <laughs> you got a I don't big memory. It, it, th- it was like a pawn shop. Didn't you start? No, it was up in your area, man. You started in Barrie. Or did we just do Newmarket? Yeah, we went to Barrie. And uh, yeah, it was one of those. Uh, no, maybe it was just Newmarket. It was that pawn shop we went to thing. The big counter at the front. And I think I paid five bucks for that. Oh, yeah, that was, that wasn't very. It was me and you one day just went to Newmarket. Yeah, that was a that was a bust. So anyway, I'm uh, I'm pleased with that game. So I'm glad that I took the initiative to watch Cartridge Club Twitch stream. And uh, exciting story telling all those people who've you know grew up with that game all about it. They can suck my dick. Uh, I got a bunch of notes from yesterday. So we're notes? Gonna, yeah. Well, I thought we didn't do notes. Remember, notes is something and you were what against. what did you say to me yesterday? We're all against notes. Yesterday should have been the record because the conversations we were having were primo STC combos. Oh, were they? So I had to take notes and then tell you to not talk anymore about it so we could save it for the show. Well, there, if we just get that piece of technology we've been eyeing from Amazon on, we could... Uh, be recording all the time. Right. Crimson Skies knocked off. Right. Then you won't uh, have to worry about Bill uh, done. Bill done playing Forza because he can't drive. That's one of my notes. That's something you made up. No, I asked. You I lent, made that. I lent up. you my Forza Four because you got that. You found that steering wheel thrifting. You wanted to try it because Josh said uh, the responsiveness on it is supposed to be awesome. Gave you the controller or gave you the game. You go, yep, I tried it, and that's it. You haven't, you probably played it one day, yeah, yes or I, no? Yeah, I played it one night. Awesome. Well, I, I, you know, I got other things on the go. I tried it out right away. Are you going to give it back to me? Uh, no, I wanted to see. You're right, though. When you start that game, it is in full dummy mode. Like, all of the things are as easy as It possible. shouldn't be like that, either. And you start out driving those super small cars and stuff, so that's why you were feeling like you were winning everything because it was probably set on Joe controls super easy no it should be set on a normal normal uh, setting yeah normal so that yeah so I played a couple uh, the career things for a little while and then I tried just some free races and grabbed one of those big supercars. I think I, I grabbed the Bugatti supercar. Oh, nice. With the steering wheel. It was just insane. This thing is so powerful. Every corner I was fishtailing, but it was pretty awesome on that in that wheel to, to get out of a fishtail. They should have tried the They should have made up the track where there's an episode of Top Gear, one of my favorites. Yeah. When, um, Corey, did you see it in the theater? It's a BBC show. Oh, okay. Anyway, Top Gear, so they had the... Uh, are you... It's uh, when the Bugatti first came out. Are you an expert on Top Gear? I'm Would f- you pretty say familiar you're an with it. Okay. Let's remember that. Uh, so they brought the Bugatti up, but they test drove it on the... They want. They were trying to break the... Because uh, the top speed of it is... Oh, man, they're always in kilometers and miles per hour. The top speed was 400 kilometers per hour, like 402 is what the top speed they finally hit. So they test drove it on this Volkswagen test track of all things, but it's one of the longest and smoothest surfaces uh, track-wise. So literally on a straightaway and like, man, I'm going to put up a link for that so people can check it out. Yeah, sure you are. I got to write the note there. (laughs) It is a stunning video, and it's only about, like, if you got five minutes to watch this car go from zero to 400 and maintain that speed, and, like, the guy's just, and it's a smooth ride, and, like, one small move, this guy could be flying off to his death, but, yeah, the Bugatti's pretty sweet, especially the latest one that they came up with. Um, what's next year? Star Trek Discovery, I'm up to date on it. 
Mm-hmm. Loving it. You and I had this massive argument yesterday. How you fucking, you and your realism. Meanwhile, we're talking about a fucking space show. No, it's not realism. It's storytelling. You just can't leave giant gaps in storytelling and just get away with it the way they do. So Star Trek Discovery has returned. Episode 10 should be out by now. What do you mean has returned? Oh, yeah, it did come back. I took the hiatus for the... that's right. I haven't watched it Holidays. I think it came out yesterday. So episode 10 should be out. So I watched... Six, seven, eight, and nine over the holidays, and I really like it. I'm glad I continued watching it because you really like it. I really like it. Do you maintain consciousness throughout the entire episode? Yeah, throughout the entire show. Because I think this is the issue that, like, I watch an episode from start to beginning, and I see major inconsistencies in plot and storytelling, but that's just your normal day because you go in and out no. throughout the day. So it's kind of like your normal, your modus operandi. No. So one of those discovery episodes that are full of plot holes and they're not explained very well, that's just normal for you. You're good to go. And that's what our argument was yesterday when I was saying that can apply to every single show on network or non-network television. They have to do that for the time constraints as well as the budget. And my complaint was that they don't have this to. discovery was brought because brought back after a, a period of uh, absence from Star Trek on TV, right? So it was a trial thing. They had a limited budget. No, they didn't. They had a massive budget. No, they didn't. The Orville had a limited budget. And the Orville manages to tell a story from the start to the, the Orville tells And a, comes up with brand new concepts in science fiction. So did Star Trek with this one, with the fucking warp drive that they're using. You tell me that's not brand new? Yes or no? Brand new. Yes or no? Yeah, I'm happy they came up okay. with that new concept. Okay, they got one. But I was telling you, you have to suspend However, your dis- you have to suspend your belief for everything you fucking watch anyway, dude. Why is it a prequel if they come up with this brand new technology? Where was this brand new technology in all the later stages? Maybe we'll find out. Maybe they deemed it's not viable, it's not safe. Well, I can't say anything. You'll see. (laughs) That's all all I'm going to say about that. If that Federation technology existed, I bet you when the Voyager was lost in the Delta Quadrant, they would have maybe thought about... No. figuring out that technology. No, they realized how shitty Voyager was, and it's better off lost in the Delta Quadrant and let it stay there. Captain, uh, the Pompadour chick. Pompadour. What's her name? Janeway. Yeah. She was great. No, I don't like her. Voyager uh, doesn't get enough credit, in anyway, my opinion. With any show, as I was saying, you have to suspend your belief. So why are you picking it apart when <laughs> you should it, just be enjoying it? No, it, there's, uh, hey, I'm all for suspending belief when it's built into the model that you give me, into whatever kind of show. This is uh, the show. These are the rules. We're allowed to get away with this. This is this show. These are these rules. This is what we're allowed to get. Star Trek is a science-based show where things should be explained. And just in basic storytelling, you can't just jump from here to here without explaining how they got there. The whole Harry Mud episode was an abomination of storytelling. None of it made sense. They they just glossed over how they got from here to here, how this got explained to this person, how this was relevant, and this happened. They just glossed over everything and expected the audience to just... Did you okay. see... Yeah, they're talking fast, so let's move on. Did you see both Harry Mudd episodes? What? Yeah. yeah. Why are you acting surprised? There, I, there was two episodes that he was in. Yeah. You saw both? Yes. How many episodes do you need to see still? Well, I, I'm caught up, except for the new one that came out. You're caught up to episode nine? Yeah. Okay, so you knew what was going on then. And how Dane... Fuck, I don't want to give away spoilers. There's nothing to give away. It was just... With the warp drive, obviously there is going to be issues with it. So maybe that goes back to saying, how I didn't say before, why there is no... 
why in future episodes they never used that technology or we never saw it. They might be leading up to that at some point. Oh, okay. Where it's totally erased from the timeline? It'll be a timeline thing? Is that what you're saying? Not erased. Or outlawed. Yeah, more outlawed. Okay, that's fine, but I'm just saying every episode there was major storytelling issues. That's my problem with the show. They had, I still like it visually. I like the chances they took. They had 40 minutes to tell a story. It do, it do. Magnum P.I. did 40 episodes every season, Dude, and those episodes every, all made sense. You, so, no, you think they made sense because you're a little kid. It, Are you saying like you episodes of... show. Really? Even okay. Night Court. Okay. Any show. All right. Uh, uh, <laughs> A-team. Every episode made sense, right? <laughs> but that was built within their model of absurdity. They're like, this is how absurd the, model- the show will be, and we will live within this rule. However, how we get from point A to point B will be explained and make sense. It won't make sense how my one gun is spraying a billion bullets and, you know, all that wildness. But the story will still make sense. The model of Star Trek is it's in the future and we've advanced ourselves to a point where... Where you don't need to understand. No, not where you don't understand. Where the people that are involved with starship travel and that are on the starship are the top of the top. And they have the technology to work with and the abilities to do this or that. I'm not talking about the science or the canon or anything like that. I'm talking about just plain storytelling was bad in a lot of episodes. There were some good ones. And there was just really bad ones. And that applies to every single show, which I go back to in the argument. You're saying every show that you, I know your perfectionist, everything that you listen to and everything that you watch is perfect compared to everybody else. And I'm saying that's just not the case. I'm saying. It can't be the case. There's no perfect show. For the budget they have and. The special uh, effects are awesome. The show the show set, for lack of a better term, the bridge and how they use everything is, is well done. I, I'm happy with all of that. I like it's, the characters. I actually like this Michael uh, character. Didn't think I would. You don't know her name. No, nah, I forgot. Michael some shit. Who cares? <laughs> I like her. I like use, the interaction between everyone. But they just use stupid storytelling tools like, uh, oh, everyone gets so happy with this guy and... Uh, you know, uh, it's, I can't give anything away, but um, they lead you to believe that he's all done after this, like, lethal weapon. Oh, I retire in four days. Everything's good. Well, I wonder if he's going to get hurt. Okay. Obviously. But they did that in so many so movies and TV shows prior to this. Let's move on from that trope and do your own thing. Sometimes you don't have the constraints to do that. However, they, you know... They did take chances on their own, which I was happy with. You know, it was nice to see. A lot of people were upset that the F-bomb was used in one of the episodes. However, I thought in that context, it was fine. It was kind of a... What? You don't remember that? No. No, I'm he was trying out, to remember was what... during that I'm time. trying to remember what the scene was. I remember I was shocked at one point, so that was it. It was a celebratory scene. It wasn't used in uh, any kind of malice or any kind of cursing way like that it was just used in a celebratory way so i thought it was it 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 worked that's a first for star trek i like that star trek's allowed to grow up and we're allowed to admit that maybe in the future words you know are not going to hurt or whatever as much as they do now that they will you know, that we give well, up. Well, there's still corruption. There's still this or that involved in the Federation. or I guess the Federation is not around yet. Whatever the term they use for their Earth Alliance. I don't know what it's, you're talking about. There's just stupid stuff. What do you mean know what I'm talking about? There's just stupid stuff. The fact that they swore episode. shouldn't matter because there's still corruption. There's still that going on within Earth and its environment. Well, I'm saying at this point in the future that there might not be swearing. And I'm saying, yeah, there words. would be because of, there's still these old human habits of corruption and this or that and, and uh, uh, you know, people wanting political power or control or this or that. There might not be money or not or whatnot, but there's still these other uh, human issues of, of uh, malice. It's just we expected a whole lot more for, from Star Trek. 
story-wise. They're in a war. That's also another factor they have to take in into consideration. Which they kind of gloss over quite a bit. No, they don't. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They do. They haven't, because they're focusing on, on other parts right now. Yeah, Listen, they don't show the war. It's always just... They're showing specific you know, battles. Oh, well, you yes. have to get to this one planet. We're not going to really explain why, but the whole you know enemy race is going to show up there. But oh, you're the only ship in the vicinity, even though we're in this war. And, They're the uh, only ship that can get there fast enough, and the other ships are being. I don't want to spoil shit either. Other ships are being are not as effective as the main ship due to the Klingon cloaking devices. Yeah, and the Klingons are just uh, portrayed as uh, grunty... um, Yeah, they're primal. But they got these ships. They got this technology. They can, you know, travel. They have technicians, apparently. They have shipbuilders. We don't see any of that. Just because they're primal in mainly their aggression and everything else that they do doesn't mean that they can't master space travel and by the way there's too much klingon no i this like is it. an issue i'm happy with this klingon and the subtitle font they use is terrible it's difficult to read it's hard on the eyes we get it maybe it's you should klingon. get we maybe, get it maybe you should get your eyes checked and get some glasses yeah we'll get to that but do what the old what the older movies did and what the other show did so perfectly you start the first sentence in klingon or whatever do a nice pretty dissolve and they're suddenly talking well, what about, English. We get it. What about the we translator device when they used that part? That was pretty good. Who? When? But Who? Maybe, maybe you fell asleep. Maybe you dropped that. I don't know what you're talking it, about. There was a tra- there so was a com- No, there was a conversation between and that last episode was Michael terrible. Burnham and uh, a Klingon conducted through a transla- portable translator device where you would she talk human, he'd talk Klingon, but you would still hear the, they do an yeah. uh, excellent job cutting through back and forth between human and Klingon speech so that you'd understand. Okay. But you were probably asleep, you fucker. No, that was, that was fine. Anyway, this is not a Star Trek podcast. I got more notes to you know, talk I you with. I liked uh, how Farscape dealt with the whole language thing. Do you remember that in the first, in the premiere of Farscape? Mm. Where he first... Uh, no, it's been too long. He first gets... What's he land on mothership or gets captured or something? Don't they get injected with something? Yeah, they put some parasite or something into the bloodstream and that. It that was, was a, well done. That was a good show. It was a great show. I watched it before you. I don't think so. I liked it before you. You saw it in the theater. <laughs> Do you want to get to some comments, some listener comments? Get these out of the way? All right. So, uh, Hurry up. Running out of time. What are you doing? I'm taking a note here. <laughs> I'm taking a note. You got the listener comment. Read it. Okay. Well, sometimes we get comments from listeners, which uh, no, are always gonna, appreciated. I'm going to edit that out. Um, we always get comments from listeners. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, sorry for how long it takes Bill to reply to these comments to you guys on YouTube, but uh, yeah. whatever, just you guys keep sending them. I read them all. It just Bill's... Mm. Just uh, lazy. I know our our uh, our listeners definitely would not expect such a huge star as Joe to actually respond to a comment, because you know you're not going to get George Clooney to respond to every piece of fan mail, right? He's got people to deal with that. All you guys need to do is hit me up on Twitter at AC Decepticon, and I will always respond to you. Really? Always, always. Really? PM me. I'd love to have a conversation with you. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, this comment comes from uh, a listener. This uh, comment appears on our YouTube, where we uh, also put out the podcast in audio only uh, That would be youtube.com slash start to continue. And uh, you can find this guy's name is Mary Warner. Or on YouTube, he's Mary, Mary as in M-E-R-R-Y, Warner, four on YouTube. He's also on Twitter, just Mary Warner, <laughs> all one word. <coughs> Uh, so that's a place where we'll get comments as well as at cartridgeclub.org in the forums. And people can comment on the website, stcpod.com. And you can even email us. Do you remember our email address? It's rarely <coughs> given out. Uh, start to continue at gmail. Nope. Wait. Oh, start to continue mail at gmail.com. Yeah, or more simply stcpodmail at gmail.com. I didn't know about that one. 
Yeah, I made a shorter one. Oh. Where do you keep your partner in the loop? You knew about it. And of course on Twitter, STC Pod. That's where you will actually get your tweets read and uh, by a person. At AC Decepticon. Mary Warner says, thanks for last year, guys. You are easily my favorite podcast of 2017. The amount of personal info you've shared through my two years of listening, by now, you guys are like relatives I've never met. I just like Sam extremely grateful for the hours of entertaining content. You won't believe how your show greatly helps me survive my often mundane week. Happy New Year. What an excellent comments. Comments like these that keep me going, that keep me coming to the mic and uh, put myself opposite this bear, this grizzly, once a week and put this out. You give people the wrong perception on me. <laughs> but that is a fantastic comment. Thanks, uh, Mary Warner 4. Yeah, or just I wish, we, I wish we knew who that was. Just Mary Warner on Twitter. Uh, he's been with us for a while, and maybe if you've looked through comments mm, or I told respond you. to comments, you will see some things mm, like this. You've never mentioned him to me before. I know you got this Clooney thing going. There's no Clooney thing, dude. I just I, My thing. plate is full at the moment. I live on this island, and I'm not to be bothered. <laughs> What's mm. his Twitter handle again? We'll get some people to follow him. It's just Mary Warner. Warner, W-A-R-N-E-R. And it's Mary as in Merry Christmas. Awesome. Um, yeah, and hey, we're not just reading comments because they're complimentary. If you send us a nasty one, I will definitely be reading that just as much. And then uh, on the same episode, my buddy, Lotus Stark, had another comment uh, mm -hmm. about the episode. You know him through me, though. Well. Yep. I, mm, I don't he, know. He came to STC through Transformers and Beer Podcast. Yeah, I think M sent him here. Uh, $1,000 for glasses? <laughs> Lotus comments. And again, I apologize for it. If, if you felt you got any heat from last week's uh, oh. reveal of your, your money for glasses, uh, Lotus continues... Uh, he says he wa he has watched Luxottica documentary, which I think everyone should check that out. Explaining how they own all the major brands of glasses. Talk about a monopoly. Joe says he'll wear them every day, so he just needs to wear them for the next five years to bring the cost to around a dollar eighty-two a day. See, this did not <laughs> I make sense. I had to laugh out loud when I read that. Because then I had just to imagine no two dollars a day you're spending on those uh, peepers of yours. Well, that's fine. Okay. Can I continue? Yes. And then I will rip this apart. No, no. You can't do that. Lotus, can, Lotus no. is awesome. He is awesome. I love Lotus Stark. Okay. Not to pick on Joey says, but uh, his idea of when he makes a profit on some, this goes back to your disclosure and your spreadsheets and your zeros. And his idea that when he makes a profit on something, it's not real money is a very odd strategy of managing his finances. Now <laughs> Lotus continues, I keep track of exactly how much something costs and then how much I sell it for. As uh, simple as that, some things you make a profit on and some things you lose. I completely agree. Totally makes sense. And that's how I run my spreadsheets. Except there's lots of asterisks. No. And uh, those I crosses again for the and footnotes. For the upteenth time. Are you he, done with this? He continues. This? He says, great right. show, guys. He's always... Uh, Big time supporter. Lotus, thanks Thank for you. being a, a TMB fan first and foremost. Sorry I have to subject you to uh, SDC. But uh, we love your comments and thanks for being a supporter. My spreadsheets, as I mentioned, I keep track of purchase date, where I bought it. These are just the main ones. Purchase date, where I bought it, what I spent, what the estimated current value is of it, uh, what I sold it for, sold date, who I sold it to. So again, if I spend $10 on an item yeah, and then I sell it for 50, throwing numbers out there, that's $40 profit, which... <laughs> Think about this, how it all... Is $40 of free money because it did not come from my paycheck. 
which I can then either use to buy something else for free or I zero out a total of another item that I've purchased and I put that money in the bank not to be used. It's, it's these zeros that get confusing. But I still you just but, said how I, I keep track of the purchase yeah. price. No, you no, put zeros no, in the purchase I price. I still have a column though of the secret column. No, I still <laughs> I still have a column for if I zero something out, I still have the price that I actually did pay for it. So I'll always have a rec record of that as well. So I paid five dollars, and if I zero that item out at some point. I still know that I did pay $5 for it because I have a column for that. But for 2018, I've started a brand new spreadsheet just for 2018 purchases. But those purchases are still gonna be recorded in my main spreadsheets as well for those individual systems. Your spreadsheets now, are a disaster. Going They're so convoluted. Going back to this attack on the glasses. Um, <laughs> this attack on the glasses. Listen, I spent $9.95 on the glasses. Woo. Okay. It's not an attack. It's just it's 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 very. You're, you said I was no. You said I got taken to the ringer. They saw you coming, and uh, they knew they had someone. Three hundred and sixty-five days in a year, right? Times two is two years, so that's seven thirty, right? What are you doing? Well, two years is when I get to get new glasses again. You're going to spend another grand in two years? You're, what are the next... Your, eye, your eyes change over periods of time. Maybe That's not. Known fact. If, well, if they don't change enough, then I'm not going to bother with getting new glasses. You could just change prescription. You don't need new frames. Or would your guy talk into no. the new technology of frames? These ones hover on your face. <laughs> hmm? Shit. So $9.95... <laughs> Divided by 730, which is the number of days that I would wear it for, is a dollar thirty-six a day, so which is less than a cup of coffee, <laughs> which I don't buy every day. <laughs> so that's okay for a dollar thirty-six a day. You're happy with that? I'm okay with that price. Well, we could. It's like when you buy a house. And you go, how much property is that per square foot based upon the cost of the house? Mainly that's more used on condos, but anyway. So why don't you go out and buy like a Turbo Graphics and a 3DO and all that and break it down to this to make it feel better for you too. It'd only be $2 a day for the next five years. And I have all this stuff. Because I need to have the capital for it ahead of time. Well, you somehow found this thousand laying around, no problem. Oh, sorry, I was trying to burp. Well, no, I had to work to get this. A couple overtime shifts, which helped pay for this. So technically, this is mostly free now. So I didn't pay nine ninety-five. Would you consider next time, after you got lots of advice this week throughout the week about <sighs> glasses would you consider next time in two years taking your prescription to like costco or walmart and at least saving half of that money or do you always have to go to this guy i would consider it i'll let you know though after i can't be a judge of that until after i've actually gotten used to wearing these and Seeing if they've improved my close-up reading. <laughs> improved my close-up. Well, that's all I need them for. I can see distance-wise. No. But just one eye sees better. Last time you said... <laughs> one eye's nearsighted and one eye's farsighted. <laughs> what a mess. <laughs> that's incredible. The thing is, I just... Well, I think everyone kind of felt that uh, this eye guy might have taken advantage of me. He saw you coming. There we go. Well, where was everybody when I needed them? Here we go. We got Joe coming. This is like my dad when he goes to, he needs a new cell phone. And they see him coming, boy, and they set him up with the fanciest cell phone you've ever seen in your life. Every time. Every couple of years, I'll get a phone call. Well, I got a new cell phone. And that's the worst day of my life. Because now I have to explain how everything works on this phone. 
So that why he'll never don't you use. tell your dad that? Listen, when I'm back to the farm, we'll go get you some glasses or glasses, a new phone. Don't do anything till I come down next time. No, he just does it on a whim. This happened uh, just a couple weeks ago. I get a phone call. I got a new phone. Hey, uh, of the buttons on the side, uh, the two buttons, uh, which button do I push to make things go louder? <laughs> That's where it starts for me. <laughs> like of the two, the which two on the side? The one there's one up and one down. Which button? Yeah. Yeah, try the one in the northern hemisphere. That might make things go a little bit higher. You see how you talk to people? You're so condescending. <laughs> it's so frustrating. I got a text, and this new phone, the little microphone to give text back is gone. How do I send a text back? Because I like talking into it to send a text back. Well, we're going to have to... I'm doing this all over a phone. We'll have to go into the sub-menu and call up the microphone and make that the default button on the keyboard. And How do I do that? What's... What, what is... Uh, well, you got to hit the... Hit the gear. There's a gear there. Touch that. Hit the cog. Hit the cog will bring up... Uh, what? Does it look like a little wheel? Yeah, that... Uh, hit that. You know, and... Uh, He's not good with the touch screens. He likes to push them really hard like it's old analog buttons, you know, so he's like hitting five buttons at once on the touch screen. It's, it's a whole disaster I got to go through every couple of years. <sighs> That's what I feel. I think you'd be a horrible teacher. You just I, sound very angry and aggressive. Well, I, it's, I, I, I got to go through it with you. I got to go through it with my no. dad. Well, yeah. Yeah. I do it because I'm not. I ask you a question about something I'm not familiar with. I know how to work a phone. Do you? Yeah. Do you? Because yeah. I got Apple. It's so simple. Maybe <laughs> oh, that's yeah. maybe that's <laughs> so simple. Oh, that's what he said to me. He says, uh, "Hey, you know your sister. I want it where like all she does is she goes, hey Serena, send a text to uh, Dad, uh, blah blah blah, and it does it." Well, like, yeah, Serena, she's she's great. That Serena is pretty good. Uh, you have that. It's called Hey Google. What? Yeah, just say Hey Google. Hmm. Yeah. Listen, Apple would not help things out. Speaking of the Hey Google, I got my mom the uh, Google Mini for Christmas. Just because, I don't know, they're impossible okay. to buy for. What is a Google Mini? I've heard of an Apple Mini. You know the Google Home? Oh, the yeah, okay. You know the fucking the Amazon. Hey, Amazon or well, whatever it's it called. Amazon or is it Google? There's Google? no, there's different ones. Yeah. Hey, Kudu, whatever. Code. <laughs> the big one. There's a Google one. So there's a big one, like the size of the mic, and then the mini one is like the size of a saucer tray. Yes, the Google Dot or something it's called, isn't it? No, the Google Mini. Mini. Home. It's the home mini. Dot. Anyway, it's a Haji small. It's a one. small circular disc. I got it for my mom for a goof because... For a goof? Yeah. Was, must have been Look, quite a fuck, There really are stupid gifts. Like, it's fucking useless. Is it? Tell me what the weather is. Play a song. That's it. So anyway... However, you can hook them up to your home automation, turn yeah. lights on, off, thermostat, you, you all that jazz. You must have fell asleep again because you weren't listening. I just said I bought it for my mom. <laughs> If you who, want to see one in action, you who can just watch. just got her iPad for the first time two years ago and can it can barely use that. Watch uh, Nintendo Hodge's uh, daily vlogs. He's been uh, he uh, showed off one of those in one of his daily logs over at Nintendo Hodge's channel. So I got that for my mom, and then my wife was saying the other day, and I told my wife, "Oh yeah, my mom got the Google Mini working finally because my brother." I had to set it up for her initially. She says, yeah, we should get that for our son because he's starting to ask questions. Like, you know, he's only six, so whatever questions a six-year-old might ask. Like, what's, is a cheetah faster than this animal, mommy, or this or that? I think, does he ask, is it normal for a six-year-old to be placed in bed at seven? Hey, Google. So I got to see if it's still on, because we got it on, when I bought it for Christmas, yeah, it was on sale. I think it's regular seventy nine, and I think the sale price is like fifty nine dollars. 
You're, you want to get it so you don't have to talk to your kid? Well, no, just so that whenever he wants to, he can ask it a question. Or you. Or me, yeah. <laughs> but I'm getting him acclimated to the technology that's going to be in the school system. There'll be teachers. Can I ask a teacher? Well, I'm not always around, so maybe he can just walk up to It just allows him to be more inquisitive what? on his self. Well, I, I saw your kids have tablets. What kind of tablets do they have? Just iPads. iPads, again, with the Apple. Yeah. What's with all the freaking Apple? Anyways, you can just have them ask uh, Serena anything. You don't need another device. No, because their iPads, um, we have them use it with uh, headphones, so they don't have to unplug the headphones to ask and all that stuff. No, would they? Yes, they are banned. You do not remove the mm. headphone jack. If no, I no. have to hear Cookie C, he, no, that he, would work he. with the headphones on. They are banned but the, from not. No. They can't take the headphones off. No, I, I was wrong with that. Yeah, it it would work with the headphones. <laughs> okay, yeah, back up your story. But what is with the prison these kids their are? Their tablets are only as a treat uh, that they get to use for about fifteen minutes before bedtime. Right. Every time I've seen your kids, they have tablets on. Oh yeah, and the headphones. Because for bedtime, it's they get to hang out a little bit with us. Oh, this prison system. Then we have to read one book. And you have, then, you got, you got ten minutes in the workout yard. Then they get to go on the tablet for ten or fifteen, and then that's it. So, the Google Home Mini would be more, you know, a free base thing that they could both use. You know, she's only three, but oh, this lockdown. Were you locked down like this as a kid? I don't remember. I think maybe you were put through all of these sleep regiments of being put to bed at 5 o'clock at night and all that. And that's why you require so much sleep nowadays as an adult. Mm. Well, I appreciate you making fun of my medical condition. No, I'm thinking if no. it's not a medical condition, maybe it's just because you were conditioned that way as a kid. You got your kids having two naps a day, even though they're, they're like teenagers, and they're in bed at 5 o'clock at night. So they're asleep, or for, they're forced to sleep for 20 hours of the day. Well, she's almost given up her naps. So she'll have a nap like almost every other day now, but they still have quiet time. Prison time. Solitary? Is it called solitary, or is it just uh, the hole? It's you more, can go to the hole. It's more reflective time, oh, where she can ponder what she's done throughout the morning. How come you're like the soap opera parent? You know, these all these uh, characters in the soap operas apparently have little kids, and you sometimes see them. And as soon as they're in the scene, they always go, Oh, Brock, why don't you go with, uh, you know, your nanny up to your room? Nanny, take care of Brock and have him uh, play with his uh, blocks and then go to bed. You're like a soap opera parent. You never see these kids. Mm. Whenever they come into your presence, you're like, Well, that's great. Quiet time now. Go to the hole. Don't you think? This is what I imagine. No, yeah, exactly. You have the no, house no. like a soap opera you set. You just said it. This is what you imagine. <laughs> you have the whole house like a soap opera set. You have the kids regimented like a soap opera. It's quite life this guy's got. Well, you just remember that when you do the artwork. Because my note is going to be a soap opera set. Hmm. Translate that when you try and think of the artwork three days from now. All I have to do is start Star Trek crap. Respect. Well, lots of those images. That's it. Time to wrap this one up. Is it? Yeah. What time is it? It's 59.02. Well, good one. You didn't do any pauses. Where yeah. are you going to put the promo? Thank God. Where are you going to put the promo? No stupid promos. Hey, excuse me. We're trying to push the promos. I don't need you I, working against I'll it. I'll push who I want verbally. Verbally? Yes. Hmm. Okay, do a live promo who, right now. Try, you did already. You promoted Haji on uh, YouTube. Good enough. All right, do your extra There's thing. No extra, guys. Thanks again. Thanks for tolerating this big grumpy teddy bear that's across from me that I work with all the time. Uh, like I said, we are recording early in the week, so there are going to be things happening this week that we're not going to be able to comment on. 
and unfortunately I can't plug because it'll be too late, but I think like Musty's doing a live show revealing Game of the Year and all that this week. Are you sure? And uh, On what? Favorite podcast. So the Cartridge Club Awards will be this week. It's too late for us to plug it because this will release after that. But you can still catch it on his YouTube channel. Yeah, of course. Check it nice. On the, is it on Musty's YouTube channel? I don't know. Yeah, it's on his what YouTube. I'm sure it'll be. Isn't on he his. doing it through the Hangout? Through the Hangout? What yeah. do you mean? No, there is no Hangout this week. Why? Do you even look at any of? Like, I when you, I see you on Twitter, but is it just a blur? I miss a lot in the timeline. There is no hangout this week because they are doing a live special on oh, Thursday night. Shit, that's a shame. I was going to go on the hangout. So everyone should check that out. Where's the special and where can they find it? What? This is how we promote. <laughs> Great promotion. Yeah. You don't even know. Well, I just read it this morning. Where did you read it? On Twitter. Who wrote it? Musty. So I'm assuming it's Musty's channel. But uh, Rocket Sauce is involved, I'm sure, and it's a Cartridge Club thing, so I don't know if they're going to co-host it over there. I don't know. You'll find it. Oh, man. Check out Musty's channel All this technology. Sure. Musty Hobbit on YouTube. And you can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash start to continue. Bill's on Twitter at STCPod. I'm at Twitter at AC Decepticon. So we have uh, to start getting ready our, uh, it was an honor just to be nominated speech. <laughs> no, I will lose it. Get your It's Just an Honor to be Nominated ready. Yeah, as angry as I'll be if we don't win, uh, it was just nice to be, it was just nice to be nominated in all seriousness. And obviously there's other great podcasts out there that are all part of the community that we're involved with, uh, www.cartridgeclub.org. See, another promotion that we don't need a commercial for. You're working against me. I'm Anyways, always working against you. Post it and post it. I think we're